There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. We're taking over. Somebody say, I'm ready for the word. Now, I just, I just need you to make sure you sit next to somebody who wants you to win. I need you to make sure somebody next to you is somebody that's excited about your future. Bishop, how do I check? If they ain't smiling right now, you maybe need to elbow them or something. I'm going to need to see at least a half a smile, fake a smile. Buy a smile. Get you one off a of Craigslist or something. <laughs> Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. I'm ready to receive and fully submit to God's word, which is the lamp to my feet and the light to my path. In this year of fruitfulness, I will manifest good results in every area of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to stay standing for just a minute. We're going to look, same scripture we looked at on Sunday, Matthew 17, 21 in the King James Version. It's not there in the English Standard Version simply because it was modified slightly. It's going to be in the King James Version or the New King James Version also. Matthew 17, 21, you got it? Or you're just going to look on the screen. Some of you are like, I ain't got old King James, Bishop. I'm just, I don't know the king. <laughs> Matthew 17, 21 in the King James Version. They're getting it on the screen, and I'll tell you what it says while they're getting it on the screen for you. It says, however, somebody say, however. This kind, say this kind, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Say, some things are not going to happen until I combine prayer and fasting together. Father, as we're gathered together tonight, this kind is the kind we need. It's the kind of miracles. I pray that tonight, even in this atmosphere, Father, that the rain would be prophetic, that it would symbolize that you are releasing your spirit in such a way to where it saturates everything around us, it saturates everything connected to us, and watch this, and it takes up the entirety of the day. I pray that the rain would represent your spirit coming in like a flood, 
in the name of Jesus such that every aspect of our lives are touched by your spirit. Father, touch our family, our finances, our faith, our future, our focus. Touch it all right now in Jesus' name. Wednesday, I need you to release a praise if you believe that right there. Father, do what you do when you do how you do it. In Jesus' name, you can grab a seat. Now, as you know, we're in this series, third message of this series called Miracle Signs uh, and Wonders. A miracle, we've learned, is a supernatural occurrence not limited to healing. Say supernatural. I need you to stop thinking that your life is supposed to be natural. I need you to stop thinking your life is supposed to be regular. In fact, can I submit to you, stop fighting to be average. Stop fighting to be like everybody else. Stop fighting to say, well, so-and-so this and -and so-and-so that. Well, so-and-so this and -and so-and-so that. Don't believe in your supernatural God. Your supernatural God is the kind of God that will let you get backed up to the Red Sea. And right when it looks like Pharaoh is about to take you down, he'll say, turn around, Moses, and lift up your arms because I'm about to part the Red Sea and make the dry ground uh, make the ground that was mud turn it dry and then watch this when your enemy tries to close in on you the same ground that was dry for you will be mud for them and the same water that walked you that you walked through is now going to cover them I need you to know that whenever you are a supernatural being God is going to always put you in circumstances and situations where you have to trust him Y'all ain't saying nothing. You're going to constantly be in situations where you got to trust him, where you have to believe in him. And watch this. This ain't even that deep because sometimes you're trying to be deep and you haven't even mastered, watch this, the minor things while you're trying to, y'all not talking to me. I need you to know sometimes God will let a situation linger for 12 years and he'll let you spend everything you have and not get any worse to only one day hear that Jesus is coming through. And when you hear he's coming through, you say, I heard he heals somebody else when they touch the hem of his garment and I believe that the same God that did it for her can do it for me if you serve a supernatural God that would then mean that your circumstances might sometimes look supernatural you missed me if the God you and I believe in is supernatural super beyond natural normal then that means your circumstances will sometimes be beyond normal I need you to realize that the reason you're dealing with supernatural opposition is because you serve a supernatural God. See, a problem can be fixed, but let me tell you what you're dealing with, warfare. And whenever you're dealing, I wish I was talking to somebody on Wednesday night. Warfare means, watch this, after I fight one battle, I think I'm done, but there's another battle in the same war. Some of you need to realize the reason you're in warfare is because you ain't no regular somebody. You're a supernatural person that serves a supernatural Jesus, which means your circumstances are going beyond normal. When, when, you, when you're a king, you, you don't fight, you don't fight, you, you, you don't fight, you, you don't fight soldiers. When you're a king, come here, David, you fight giants. Goliath was a supernatural circumstance. He was a supernatural obstacle. Why? Because he was, he was bigger than David. He had more skill than David. He had more training than David. And for 40 days and 40 nights, how do you know it's spiritual? Because of 40. See, 40 represents wilderness. It represents testing. So for 40 days and 40 nights, he taunted the children of Israel. In essence, to say to them, watch this, you will never be able to get past me. Kings passed up this battle until David faced him. And when David faced it, David, who believes in a supernatural Jesus, David had to face a supernatural obstacle. I need you to realize that the size of your enemy is an indication of the size of your rank in the spirit. 
Let me back that thing up because you missed it. Some of y'all don't even realize, watch this. Uh, they don't throw you to the little devils. They, they, you, you're dealing with some big stuff. I need you to realize how much of a threat that you really are. Would you look at your neighbor and say, you don't have a clue who you sit next to? Why would they bring all of that against you? It is because you may not think much of yourself in the natural, but baby, you forgot you're not a natural person. You are a supernatural person, which means the best of me you can't even see. The best of your neighbor you can't even see because it's supernatural, which means you can't see it by the natural eye, which means you may be small in the natural. Your bank account might not be big in the natural, but baby, in the supernatural, you got something called favor, and favor will show up on the scene and do what money can't do. Shout supernatural. I didn't say say it loud. I said shout it. Uh, it, it is a supernatural occurrence, not limited to healing. It defies the very laws of nature, which means then what comes against you has to defy the laws of nature. You need to know it has to be irregular if it's coming against you because you're not regular. I need you to stop wanting regular people problems. You hear? Then watch this. Then watch this. Watch me. Then it means, watch this, miracle. That's the definition of miracle. Here's sign. Something wonderful man can't take the credit for. God says, I'm going to do this in such a way you can't take the credit for it. For many of you, watch this. If you're experiencing repeated failure, it is because you have repeated arrogance. This is going to get a little rough through here. Stay with me. If you keep failing at the same thing, I'm here to tell you the thing ain't the problem. The person approaching the thing is the problem. And sometimes when you're arrogant, you approach things, well, I know it all. I got this. I know how to handle this. I'm strong. I'm the strong one in my family. I'm the strong. I'm a fighter. I'm a gladiator. I'm a warrior. That's great. But don't let that make you so arrogant that you think you can get it done without God. Don't let that make you so arrogant that you think you can sidestep process and protocol and somehow God is going to produce progress for you. This is Wednesday. Can I teach you like I want to? And say, I can't take the credit for it. See, see, here's what it means. God says, I'm going to do this in such a way to where you can't get any glory from it. Two things God will never share with man. First is his vengeance. Don't try to get even with people because God says, that's my thing. God says, I reserve the right to hurt who hurts you. Ah. I reserve the right to taunt who taunts you. I wish I had a church that could get excited about the fact that your God ain't no punk. I wish I had a church that would get excited about the fact that your God is a warrior. He's a man of war, the scripture calls him. I wish you get excited about the fact that God says, listen, whatever they say about you, I reserve the right to make somebody say it about them. However they lie on you, I reserve the right to make somebody do it to them. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Stop getting even because I got them. And the moment you try to get even, you now are taking something from me I don't want to share with you. But then secondly, he says, I won't share my glory. It means I won't share my goodness. He says, I'm not going to let you take the credit for this. I remember this story in the Bible where the man that was blind and uh, they said, the Pharisees and Sadducees said, to him, well, how, how are you seeing now? He said, listen, all I know is that once I was blind and now I see. And this man y'all don't like is the one who making me see. God says, I'm not sharing glory with this. And sometimes, can I go deep Wednesday? Sometimes there are parts of you that want the glory because you want to be right. You want to be able to say back then you didn't want me, now I'm hot y'all up on me. 
And that's fun to say. But God says, you're, you, you, watch this. If I'm going to do a sign, miracle, or wonder, you can't get any glory for it. None. None. Which means God says, until I know you don't want the credit, watch this. I can't work a miracle. Oh, God, somebody on Wednesday going to get up. Until I know, watch this, you're not going to use this, watch this, this ammunition. Until I know that you're not trying to get the credit to throw it against other people. I need somebody tonight that says, Lord, I don't want the credit no more. I need you to just say, Lord, I don't want the credit no more. I'm not, I'm not trying to get the credit for it. I'm not trying to get points for it. Lord, you get your glory. Somebody say, get the glory out of my life. Something wonderful man can't take the credit for. And we're fasting for 21 days, as you know, because there's some things that will never happen in our lives until we pray and fast together. That's Matthew 17, 21. He says, however, this kind, what kind? The difficult kind. A few verses earlier, Jesus' disciples were trying to cast out a spirit. And they couldn't cast the spirit out. And they came to the Lord and said, Lord, why couldn't we do it? He says, he says they, he, first he rebukes them for having little faith. And then he says, watch this. He says, uh, well, this kind, the kind that you were trying to confront, and, and watch this, and that it overpowered you. He says, this kind requires fasting and prayer together. Why? Because prayer, watch this, prayer makes sure that you align with my word. But fasting, watch this, makes sure that you're not in my way. Fasting makes you focus. Fasting makes you decrease so he increase. Fasting will show you the same thing, but show it to you at another way so that you're able to defeat what you couldn't defeat a couple of verses prior. I need some of you to hear me. Whatever L's you've taken so far, that was then. Today's the last day. I need for somebody that believes by faith that God can bring victory into your life. Say, my last L was yesterday. Yeah, you ain't saying it like you mean it. Say, my last L was yesterday. What's the L, Bishop? A loss. See, you may have lost a couple verses earlier, but if you keep on reading the story, the, Jesus says this kind comes out through fasting and prayer. They were unable to do it. He says the only way this is able to get done is when prayer and fasting are combined together. So they had authority, but they were not able to walk in power because when you fast, you literally are afflicting your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. You are literally, that's what it means in the scripture. You are literally decreasing so that God can increase. Could it be that you know a lot about God, you just don't do it? And what fasting does is fasting makes you focus. Fasting makes you say, Lord Jesus, I need you to do something. Because I can't run to what I normally run to because right now I go eat. And if I have one more bean, one more chip and salsa, one more seat and wing. I don't even want seat and I don't even like nothing with S's in it no more. Are you hear what I'm saying? So, so watch this. I, I, I gave this to you last Wednesday. That I gave you this phrase that miracles require modification. Say modify. It means a change. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean that I throw the whole thing out. It just means that the parts that aren't working have to be modified. Say modifications. There's not one miracle in the Bible that didn't require modification. People had to modify something they were doing to get something they wanted. Many people sometimes don't see miracles, signs, and wonders is because what they say they want, they don't want bad enough. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want victory? How bad do you want not to deal with the same issues from last year? How bad do you want God to get the glory out of your story? Because, see, if you don't want it that bad, you'll accept not modifying. It's okay like it is. It's okay. It's all right. 
So you can become comfortable living with what was supposed to be changed. You can be comfortable dealing with mediocrity. You can be comfortable dealing with average. And, and, and here's why you're comfortable, because you compare yourself to regular people. You get comfortable because you look at other people and say, well, they good. They all right. Look, I ain't got that problem. I ain't got that problem. I ain't got that issue. And I need you to stop competing with other people. I need you starting today to compete with yesterday's version of yourself. See, when you're competing with other people, you'll be a hater. And haters always get bent. I need you to realize I'm not competing with you. I'm not competing with nobody else. I'm trying to be the best version of me. I'm trying to outdo my Tuesday self. And when I get to Thursday, I'm trying to outdo my Wednesday self. I'm not competing with you. Touch your neighbor say, compete with yourself. This is why some people can't celebrate other people's victories. It's because you feel jealous. But the only reason you feel jealous is because you're in competition with somebody you should not be in competition with. I need you to slap somebody a high five say, I want to see you win. Touch them again say, I want to see you win. I don't have to compete with you because, watch this, I'm not you, baby. I'm not trying to size you up. I'm not you. And what I'm called to do, you ain't called to do. And what you called to do, I ain't called to do. And what I got, you ain't got. And the sauce I got, you couldn't come close to. And the... But, but you'll be a hater when you're comparing yourself. Instead of saying, I just want to compete with yesterday's version of myself. You got that? So watch me. Every miracle in the Bible required modification. Something had to be changed. Go, go get that jacket I had on earlier. Go get that jacket I had on earlier. I want to show y'all something. Um, say modification. modification. Say change. change. What is it that you won't modify? Which is why you can't have a miracle. I um, Y'all know the story. I lost 95 pounds. And, but watch this. This was the jacket I used to wear. You can get like two extra dudes in here. Like this is some of you ladies' nightgowns. All I need now is a roller set. <laughs> Them nightgowns. You ain't planning on going nowhere. You like, I'm in the house. Get Uber Eats. I ain't going on. Watch me. Watch this. I said, I don't want to be, um, and I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't super big juicy, but I was big juicy. No, I carried it good. I was like a middle linebacker. I carried it good. Amen. So then one day, at the end of a 21-day Daniel fast, I watched the documentary. I can't even tell you the name of the documentary. I can't even find it. I watched the 21-day Daniel fast, and they started talking about everything I was doing. Everything I liked to eat, they was like, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And it was, one, it was in my after-church nap. You know, the after-church nap where you kind of awake, kind of not awake. So I'm sitting there watching the documentary, and I'm like, and they're like, okay, let me stop. And then they say something else. I'm like, oh, my God. Then they say something else. And then they started messing with all the stuff I like, white sugar and white bread and fast food. And they just started going down the list. 
And so literally, at the end of that documentary, I was laid across my couch. I said, I'm done. I said, today is the last day I'm going to eat like that. I said, watch this. Because I want something that what I'm doing ain't getting me. I, I didn't try P90. I, I, didn't, I didn't done every videotape. I didn't done tabo double time. I got good at it, too. The sidekick, I got good at it. I did it all. Watch this. But I had to say, once I was given, watch me, revelation, that revelation had to turn into application, which required me to make modification so that I'd be able to experience a miracle. Back that thing up. Once I got revelation, which means that's what it is. See, what you need out of this series is an aha moment. What you need out of this series is a, oh my God, that's what it is. I need you to not come into church being offended when the word hits you. Why? Because God needs you to get it. Touch your neighbor and say, you got to get it this month. You've got to get it this month. So when the light bulb goes off, watch this, you get a revelation that will cause you to make modification to your situation. So you'll be able to have some manifestation. Say miracle. So this is the coat I used to wear. In 23, January 2013, this is my coat. It's still my coat. It's going to be somebody else's coat. Because I was holding on to it, talking about I'm going to just get it tailored. And I took it to my tailor. He said, Bishop, how to work a job here? How to work a job? No, he's learning, he's learning English. That's how he talk. He says, how to work a job. You know what I appreciate about my tailor, though? Is I, my so I, was, I hadn't been to see him for a while. And so I was driving by the other day, and I was driving by. He was outside smoking a cigarette. And so... When I, it got quiet there. I, I ain't judging nobody. Y'all like, <laughs> me put my cools up. <laughs> I, I ain't judging nobody. Watch me. <laughs> it got super quiet. And, and, and when, I, when I drove up, he saw my car. When I drove up, I let the window down. And, and then watch this. He saw me. He was like, <laughs> and he said, <gasps> He put that cigarette out fast and go, oh, Bishop, Bishop, it's so good to see you, sir. He knew, watch this. He knew, you're going to catch him. He knew that, watch this, you, it matters how you approach. Okay, so that just went over your neighbor's head. See, some people can't get a miracle because you're too arrogant in your approach. You think people owe you something. So, so I was going to get this tailored. That was my plan. And then I said, there's too much fabric to cut. You can make a whole other jacket. And then watch this, make some earrings. And then <laughs> get to coordinate. It's a movie. I had to modify. Look, look at this. Does this even look like it fits me? Because when you start modifying things that used to fit you. People who used to fit you. Relationships that used to fit you. Attitudes that used to fit you. It just don't fit no more. I need you to look at your neighbor and say, my modifications are changing my situation. Yeah, drama don't fit me no more. You can take that somewhere else. Having an attitude, that ain't gonna fit me no more. Take that somewhere else. Being scared that you're gonna walk out on me, that don't fit me no more. Baby, bye. I, I, 
It, it don't fit me no more. Worried about what happens if you lose it. That don't fit you no more. Somebody said, it just don't fit me no more. Walking in fear, that don't fit me no more. Why? Because he got me through this, and he got me through that, and he got me through this. And the same God that did all of that is the same God that's going to make the month of May a month of miracles. I need you to give him two seconds of glory if you believe it. Go! It don't, it don't fit me no more. And it's too hot for all that too. Um, watch. Every miracle in the Bible required modifications, change. It's called a role. Woman with the issue of blood. She had to modify. I talked about that on prayer. Here she is, a woman who had some money. We know she was loaded because she could spend 12 years paying people who didn't work. Sometimes what you have the ability to lose is a greater indication of how blessed you are than what it is you actually have. Play that back on the podcast. You'll make sense. So, so she has to modify. So everybody else is coming to Jesus. She hears a rumor because it's rumored that Jesus is healing people. And it's rumored that, watch this, people are touching the hem of his garment and they're being healed. So the rumor is if you touch him, you'll get healed. So she hears it. Somebody say she heard it. So what did the woman do? Once she got revelation, what did she do? She had modification. She said, okay, doc, I'm good, but these treatments ain't working. She said, hey, old dude who I brought in the house to try to help me get over what I was going through, this ain't working. Say amen. People who I was reaching out to that I knew were less than the kind of people I needed to be around, but they were helping me cope with the loneliness of my current situation. I... So what she do? She goes into modification. So she's like, okay, I got to get to Jesus. I'm going. She's like, I'm going. I'm going to see him. So now she moves into application. She got revelation, so she's modifying. So now she applies. Now, check this out. She gets there. Everybody's around Jesus. Somebody say everybody's around Jesus. Uh, come here, first row, second row, second row. Come here. Come on, come on, second row. We ask the Lord to use you. Come on. All right, come on. You come too. Good. I've been using people props a lot lately. All right? Okay, so, so you're going to be the one with the issue of blood. Okay? All right? And so now everybody around Jesus, you're going to be Jesus. Don't let it go to your head. All right, come on. Come on. Y'all going to be the disciples. Y'all going to be the disciples. Y'all going to be, y'all going to be, no, go and get around. Go and get around. Now Jesus walking through the crowd. Peter's in the front because he's a thug. Baby, I'm a thug. Okay, so he's, I'm Peter. Jesus is walking. Y'all with it? Y'all with me? You with me, YouTube? I need you, need you talking, YouTube. Your comments getting a little low. I sense it. So they walking, and everybody's around Jesus, right? They making noise. Everybody's around Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she looking. She like, how am I going to get through? And Peter side-eyeing her like, Peter, one of them old Baptist ushers. You might grow up in an old school church. They, put, they get you real good. Eh? You ain't coming in this sanctuary with no gum. Spit the gum out. Spit it out. Say so they walking. Somebody say they walking. Somebody say they talking. 
So when she sees that that's not working, she says, I need a miracle. So let me humble myself. Because while they are all up trying to come at him as his equal, let me humble myself and get on my knees as his servant. So she starts pressing her way through the crowd. And they still walking. Ain't nobody paying attention to her. Somebody say she's modifying. She's modifying. Say modification. Can you change the plan midstream when it ain't working the way that you want it to work? She modifies and says, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be made whole. What does she do, church? You know the story. She what? touches him say she touched him when she touches him the bible says put the verse up that she felt in herself that she was healed so then she stands up and as she stands jesus turns around says who touched me these crazy disciples of jesus is like what do you mean who touched you everybody's touching you i told her to spit the gum out before she came around here and she's coming in this sanctuary with this gum. What do you mean, who touched you? They don't even know how to respond. They're like, I, I. who touched you? Who touched me? He, and they said, Lord, lots of people touch you. He says, no, 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 no. Somebody, somebody, when they touched me, they're operating off of revelation. This ain't just ritual. They're operating off a revelation that made them make modifications. Then she took it to application. And when she got here and it wasn't working to try to come at me like that, she wasn't too proud to get on her knees. See, where are the people in the room that don't mind praying, that don't mind worshiping, that don't mind giving God glory? Don't be too arrogant that you miss your miracle. Don't be worried about what your neighbor thinks. I don't want my neighbor to think this. Baby, your neighbor can't work a miracle. Your neighbor can't pay your bill. Your neighbor can't heal you. I need you to forget about your neighbor and take God some. He says, somebody touched me. He says, who touched me? Put the verse up, please. He says, who touched me? Put the next verse up. I says, say power left him. Which means Jesus, watch me, look at me Wednesday. He didn't intend to heal. Why, Bishop? He didn't see her. When she got revelation and made modification, took it to application, watch me, it put a demand on manifestation. So much so Jesus had to turn around from what he was doing and look and say, who touched me? So they say, look at this crowd. You say, who touched me? Go to the next verse. It says this. And he looked around to see who had done it. He stopped talking to them. Some of you are talking to people trying to get their input, their thoughts. Watch this. Watch this. Put the next verse up, please. It says, and he said to the woman, knowing what had happened to her. Look at this. She came in fear and trembling. And she fell down before him. She fell down before him. And told him the whole truth. Look at me. Say the whole truth. If you study this text out, you discover why she had the issue. Leviticus reveals why she had the issue. She had the issue because she was involved in a relationship she had no business being in. Go study the cross-references. Some of the stuff you need miracles from is because the people you couldn't resist. (laughs) 
she. Maybe it's not people. Maybe it's things. She tells them the whole truth. She's like, look, Bishop, or excuse me, Jesus. Jesus. Like, Jesus, let me tell you. I, look, where you want to start? Why did she need to tell the whole truth? She's already been healed. Say miracle one. Miracle one. Watch miracle two. Once she tells the whole truth, get the verse up for me, please. Go to the next verse. He says to her, daughter. Yes. Look at me. Before this, she's just a chick. She's a woman with an issue of blood. When she ain't afraid to say, I did it. I ain't blaming nobody. Where are the people out on a Wednesday night that ain't blaming nobody no more? It ain't nobody else's fault. That right there is my fault. Somebody say, Lord, I own it. I own it. I own it. So miracle one is she gets healed. But watch me Wednesday. Here's miracle two. He says, daughter. What does he give her? Identity. He says, I'm going to insulate you from ever making this mistake again. Because the reason you got tied up in that in the first place is because you didn't know who you were. I'm going to insulate you. And watch what he says. Your faith. Look at me. What did it? Her faith. What did it? Her faith. Well, what was her faith? She got revelation. Revelation made her make modification. Modification turned into application and when she got there she had to make modification again I need you to not be so rigid I need you to not be so rigid to where you don't know how to flow quickly I need you to not be so afraid of change that you resist the inevitably impossible to resist somebody say I gotta change some things say it again say I gotta change some things now, I ain't talking about your neighbor. I ain't talking about your wife. I'm not talking about your boss. I'm not talking about your spouse. I'm here to talk to you tonight. You got to change some things. Look what he says. Your faith has made you well. Go in shalom and be healed of your disease. Here's, here's, the second, here's the second miracle. Not only was she healed, watch this, she's made whole. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Nothing lacking, all is well. See, you can be healed but still have a hole. And as long as that hole is exposed, you'll keep being susceptible to the same mistake. But then what God wants to do for you, this ain't for everybody, but just for those who believe it radically by faith, he doesn't just want you healed this month. He wants you whole this month. She got two miracles in one movement because she was willing to make modifications. Say, miracles require modifications. Thank you. Say it again. Say, miracles require modifications. Say it again. One more time. Say, miracles require modifications. So, as we wrap this, are you getting the point? Okay, because I, what I need you to do tonight is I need you to stretch. Um, any, any fitness people in here? Nope. Hey, business, we, dri we drive past the gym. Sure did. It's right over there. All right. <laughs> it's on the corner, right? Watch me. Um, watch me. Um, what did sometimes they'll have you do before you work out? Stretch. You warm up, do your stretch. Why? Because the only way to build new muscle is to tear old muscle. 
I'm right about it. Watch me. What they say is, if your body's too rigid and you can't stretch it, modify it, the workout that's supposed to help you will be the workout that hurts you. Say, Lord, I'm pliable. Don't be the kind of person to where God has to bend you all the way over here. Because you're, you're not pliable. You want it your way or no way, but your way don't work. It's one thing if you want it your way or no way, and it works. Praise him. It's another thing when you want it your way or no way, and you have nothing to show for it. This is how I am. How's it working out for you? This is how my family is. How that's working out for you? That's just the way I see it. How is it working out seeing it that way? I just don't agree with that. Nobody asked you. How's that working out overstating your opinion in matters in which you don't have authority? This is Wednesday, so I just had to. Help me, Holy Ghost. So on Sunday, we're going to wrap it. On Sunday, we talked about the rich young ruler. Somebody said he was dripping. Dripping is a millennial colloquialism that simply means he was very well-to-do, extremely established, and lacked for nothing. Praise him. Now, look. He's a rich young ruler. Mark 10, 17. You know the story from Sunday, but I want you to see something that he missed. Say, say what did he miss? He wouldn't modify. He wouldn't modify. He'd rather die miserable doing it his way than modify to get a miracle. And sometimes we can be that way. Sometimes we can be inflexible. How many times you hear this, the message, and the message says the same thing, and you're like, that's, that's good for y'all. I hope you're listening. And you'll, you'll even totally skip what it was saying to you and look over at somebody else like, <laughs> the word. Let's be honest. We've all done it. Let's be honest. Tell the truth. We've all done it. All done it. Here's the deal. In Mark chapter 10, verse 17, and he was setting out on his journey. He ran up. He knelt before him. He said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He knew something was missing. See, the miracle he needed wasn't money. A lot of times when we think of miracles, we think of cash, cars, clothes, medical. But sometimes the greatest miracles are the miracles, watch me, of satisfaction. Sometimes the greatest miracle is I love my life. So much so I don't need a vacation from it. I'm good. Would you prophesy out to your neighbor and lay your hand on their shoulder and say that's where you're headed. That's where you're headed. That's where you're headed. You, you, you're not going to need to take a break from your reality and go to virtual reality because you're going to love your reality. Sometimes the greatest miracle is, I'm just happy I woke up today. I'm just glad I'm still here. I got more living to do. Here it is. He knew something was missing. He needed a miracle that wasn't, wasn't money. Some people, some people understand, but you don't need a financial breakthrough. You're good. You take some more, but you're like, I'm good. I'm a faithful giver, and I'm flourishing. I take some more, though. What do you give somebody that's got everything? Some more. 
Amen. Verse 18, Jesus said, why you call me good? He knew who Jesus was. See, he knew how to honor the greatness that he encountered. He said, I'm about to encounter greatness. I got to honor it. Here it is. Verse 19, he says, you know the commandments. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. Honor your mother and father. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. He says, I'm doing well because of these practice principles. And they're producing progress. And Jesus looked at him and he said he loved him. See, Jesus loves you too much to leave you as you are. I need you to know that real love isn't satisfied with yesterday. I need you to know that real love knows how to come back on. Even after being turned out. I need you. To Look. Jesus loves us too much to leave us the way we were. He loves you too much to leave you bitter. He loves you too much to leave you angry all the time. He loves you too much for people to have to have adjectives about you that ain't child of God when you walk away. Quiet in the church. Say, he loves me too much to leave me as I am. Which means this, Jesus is always modifying something. Like the moment you're like, we're good. He's like, Mm-mm. Let's change something. The moment you're like, whoo, I did it. He's like, now let's go do something else. He's always having us in a process of modification. Why are you slowing down? Because I want you to get this. Jesus loved him. And he says, you lack one thing. Now imagine this guy's never been talked to that way. Ain't nobody ever told this rich young ruler you lack something. Because he didn't lack nothing to everybody else. The miracle he needed, nobody else could see. Sometimes the miracle we need, nobody has the ability to see it because there's something going on inside. And here's the truth. I can't even fully articulate it to you exactly what it looks like. I just know that this ain't it. Watch. Watch. He says, you lack one thing. Go sell all you have. He says, I ain't saying just give it up. You're a businessman. <laughs> make that money. Don't let it make you. He says, sell you have, give some to the poor, you'll have treasure in heaven, come follow me. He says, the miracle you need isn't something you need to get, it's something you need to give. And I said this to you, much of what you think you need, you don't, and much of what you won't, won't do what you want it for. Essentially, Jesus was saying, put me first. And everything you have should serve a purpose and add value, and if it doesn't, why do you have it? Verse 22, I want to see this. Remember, we said miracles require what? Modification. See, his whole thinking was, let me have that back. His whole thinking was, I'm somebody. That's too heavy. What y'all put in there? My God. That's yours. All right. Look, the guy said, I'm somebody. Look at all my stuff. So when Jesus said, get rid of your stuff, he said, well, who will I be? Who am I without my stuff? Who am I without my stuff? That's my stuff. You want me to get rid of my stuff? No, just sell it. Get some money from it. Come follow me. You can't carry all that with you everywhere we're going. We're going city to city. We're going on tour. We're going to Memphis. We're going to Atlanta. We're going to say, we got to go. And you're talking about all them bags. Going to get stuck at the gate. And I ain't waiting. He says, who am I if I don't have this? 
Jesus said, but you love me, right? Okay, then sell your stuff. And the guy's like, all of it? All my stuff. He's like, sell it. He walks away disheartened. Watch what he keeps. His stuff. He's like, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Because I have a lot of things. And these things are what make people like me. These things are what make people want to be around me. These things are why my phone's always blowing up. These things make me. So without my things, here's this challenge. I don't know how to modify because I don't know who I am as a man. Who am I without my kids? I'm coming. Who am I without, without my, my car, my house? Who am I without this stuff? So this is a hard thing you're asking for. He's disheartened by the saying. And how does he go away? Does the Bible say, y'all? Sorrowful. Because he had great possessions. His stuff had him. He didn't have his stuff. So when Jesus invited him to modify by minimalizing, so he could get more later, instead of, watch this, instead of modifying, he became materialistic. How do you know he was materialistic? Because he got emotional. Why did he get emotional? Because he saw his stuff as him. But so why are you taking so much time here? Because if we're honest, many of us won't modify things that we've attached to our value. Who are you without your, without your fancy title? I'm the executive director of the left section of the seats. This is my section right here. Back up, back up, because it's on. I'm, I'm, I'm the department head. I'm the this, I'm the that, I'm the this, I'm the that. And God says, that's great. That's great that you're the captain of the football team. That's great to do the captain of the cheerleading squad. <laughs> it ain't going all the way up, you know. That's great that you're in who's who. But who are you, though? Touch your name and say, who are you without your stuff? Because most people, when they lose stuff, devastated. Because they've attached their value to their stuff. But I think you sit next to somebody that done been through enough, that done lived long enough, that have been at the top and been in the valley, and they learned a long time ago, it's good to have stuff, but baby, my stuff does not make me. Who am I aside from my stuff? I'm a king and a priest. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I was born to rule and to reign and to conquer and to subdue. Watch it. So Jesus, 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 he basically says, dude, your stuff has you, man. Think about some of the songs we sing. And I won't even, not we sing like the church, but like think of some of the popular songs in America. I got this. I got that. I'm popping this. I'm popping that. I rolled up in this. I rolled up in that. 
But who are you? That's not just you came up in your rented car for the two days that, you, that we're recording this video. But now who are you without that? Think about it. All the songs are about, I got more than her. She ain't got it like me. You don't know Nan. Stop right there. Stop right there. Don't go no further. You got, you got, you got hip-hop artists where they whole song is about how she thinks she better than her. And they both wearing somebody else's name. Now one of them own their own. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Watch me. Jesus said, put me first, and the guy got sad. I'm slowing down on purpose. We're about to close. Many people, if we're honest, sometimes can find ourselves right there. Because you're driving your tithes. You're wearing your offering. you at home instead of putting them first. And God says, this is why you can't have a miracle because you won't modify. Now, I, I, I want you to, y'all still with me? Now, I'm not judging nobody or beating this up because we all have to modify. Say, Lord, give me the grace to modify. If you want what you don't have, you got to do what you ain't doing. You want greater, you got to do greater. There's no free lunch. Somebody pays for it. Somebody's paying for that pizza and fries and chocolate milk. It's like, who thought that was a good meal? Pizza and fries with chocolate milk. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to close. <laughs> watch this. Watch. Watch. They go on and... Um, and Jesus says, Peter says in verse 28, we left everything and followed you. Jesus said, mm-hmm, good. Ain't nobody that's left anything that I'm not going to give a hundredfold return to. Look at me. God doesn't have a problem with us having things. He doesn't want things to have us. Watch this last part. Watch this last part. Um, Jesus, what was the promise he made them? A hundredfold return. Someone said, that's a miracle. Because this guy wouldn't modify, I want you to watch something. I want you to watch the miracle that he missed. He was, let me have it back again. And then I need, I, need, uh, I, need, I need a couple of fellas from Harvest Worship. And come on, come on, grab these bags here. He's taking notes. I need him to come get a bag. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Y'all with me? Watch. So this is what he had. He's like, ah, I'm not modifying. I'm keeping this. He's like, let me have that. You trust me? Let me have that. No, I'm keeping it. She's like, keep that. Because what you can have is what you can't see. Your neighbor going to catch it in a minute. As long as you holding on to what you have and you won't modify, what you can't have is what you really want, but what you cannot see. I need for you to not watch this. Touch your neighbor and say, there's some stuff you got to let go. Some stuff you you got to let go of that bitterness. You got to let go of that anger. You got to let go of that frustration. Some of you got to let go of who you thought you were supposed to be, who you thought would be in your life, your five-year plan. You got to let go. I need somebody that ain't afraid to let go to throw your hands up and worship for just a minute. Thank you, fellas. 
I need you to worship for just a minute, just a minute. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me. No, leave my stuff. <laughs> Jesus said, if you were to modify it, oh boy. Oh boy is a southern colloquialism that means good sir. Oh boy. If you were to modify the stuff you were afraid to walk away from, I was going to give you a hundred times that. But you can keep what you got and still be miserable. I came to shake you out of your comfort tonight. And I'm done. I came to shake you out of your comfort tonight. So can I ask you this question, Wednesday? What has your heart? 2 Samuel 5, 6. You learning? You growing? Since you came through the rain, I figured I'd teach a little longer so you got a good meal since you can't eat regular food. You got to eat some way. You ready? Here it is, 2 Samuel 5, 6. Thus Absalom did to all of Israel who came to the king for judgment. The last part of the verse says this. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. Look at me. Look at me. What's stolen your heart? I'm going to ask you again. What's stolen your heart? I'm going to ask you one more time. What's stolen your heart? Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor. Now, that right there is a good question. Say, because if I'm honest... No, say, be for real. Say, because if I'm honest, there's some stuff that's stolen my heart. But tonight, his stuff had stolen his heart. What's his heart? It's mine. He was preoccupied with stuff. He was preoccupied with status. He's preoccupied with relationship. He's preoccupied with money. And because of his preoccupation, God says, that stuff has got your heart, man. And I want to give you a hundred times what you have and take away your misery. But you won't modify. You won't modify. And miracles require. So let's pray this. Did you get something? I want you to pray this for me. Say, Father, in Jesus' name. Show me what I need to modify. Show me what I need to change. Show me what must be different in my life. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives 
to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this for me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do... I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.